Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Somewhat Damaged. This week, joining John and I is Jeff Richards, master impressionist and one of only two people to ever be on Mad TV and Saturday Night Live at the same time. Check it out. This is a fun one. Jeff, what's up, man? How is, uh, where are you at now? right now? You're on the West Coast? Yeah, I'm in Hollywood, yeah. Dude, thanks for uh, waking up and uh, hanging out with us uh, for no this uh, brief 45 minutes. That's been pretty cool, sure. trippy art behind you. Oh, yeah. You like it? It's from the... Uh, what is it? I forgot. It, it's like uh, <laughs> some shit. It's like, it's it's a Dr. Seuss cell. I was going to say it looks like a cell. It, it I don't know like, which. I, I was going to go forget. with the seven dwarfs. It's like the you. I don't even know. It's you who or the yous or you who's or whatever. I got to tell you, I, so I, I was doing like a deep dive on, on videos and the first one that came up, it might, it might be the most recent one is, is you as Willy Wonka doing the interview on your podcast and show as Willy Wonka. And I, I, right. That's Willy Wonka. Yeah. Yeah. And and like, that is one of the things that has, has, I don't want to not traumatized me since childhood, but there's been different stages throughout my life where Willy Wonka has meant different things to me. Right. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Uh And it's morphed into this thing to where I spent a lot of time on tour with the Grateful Dead and went through this Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory phase that involved an awful lot of hallucinogens. (laughs) So like I saw that and I was like instantly back on Grateful and I put the hat on. Which one did you see? The one with Mickey Avalon? Yes. With Mickey. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we're doing one uh, Tuesday. I'm recording with uh, Aries Spears. He's going to be Shaq and I'm going to be uh, Willy Wonka. Oh, that's awesome. So I, after seeing that, I'm like, these videos are so good. I, I'm like now obsessed with trying to figure out how to do that for myself. What, the deep fake stuff? Deep fake stuff. Yeah. It's, like, uh, I don't know how to do it. Uh, my friend, Scott Welsh. Uh, on the other coast does it for me. He, he's really good at it. It's, I guess it's, uh, you can learn how to do it, but it's like to fine tune it. It, it. There's like a lot of tricks. Yeah, it seems it. Like I spent some time on one of the websites quickly, like trying to figure it out. And it seems way, it, they're like, oh, this is simple in four easy steps. And I'm like, yeah, four easy steps if you're a fucking genius. Like video. And, yeah, and there's little things too, like just getting the mouth to match up. Yeah. Like, I, and I don't know the specifics, but it's, it, we've just now got the mouth to match up. Well, we, we had a few that were different. You couldn't tell. Yeah. Because first I, I didn't have as good of a camera. So you can only get so far with the deep fake, you know, with, with the camera being, you know, sure. it was the 360. Right. Uh, so then I went to 720. And, um, yeah, basically, uh, yeah, we just just kept chipping away and got better at the deep fakes. I mean, he did. Scott did. And also it, it depends on how much high res photos there are of the person. Cause it's right. all about the accumulation of all the photos. So like, um, you know, like doing Jimmy Fallon, uh, the, oddly enough, there aren't a lot of high res photos out right. there to just grab. So that doesn't, it doesn't look as good as the other ones, but yeah. Cause they, they're amazing. I mean, we're talking with Jeff Richards about his show, the Jeff Richards show where he does these awesome interviews where you just got to go see it. I don't even want Jeff can explain it, but it's, it's pretty incredible stuff. Like in, you. you know, 
you, you could, I mean, I spent hours just watching these videos and I'm like, you can't tell, like, you just can't really tell. Like you could, you may be able to tell by like, you could, like, I forgot which one I saw where maybe it was Dustin Hoffman, where he's obviously a much, you know, he's smaller. So you can kind of tell by the body that it's not really Dustin Hoffman, but face wise, you know, when yeah. he, you, you were doing you and him and uh, Tom Cruise, like it, it's so, so awesome. There was a thing with with Bob Fosse, and I didn't I didn't want to talk about what you said. And there was there was coffee, and there was there was desserts, and I didn't want dessert, so I waited for just the coffee, and I just I just drank the coffee. Um, <laughs> is is yeah. that like instinctive for you to just go into uh, impressions when you're like out with your friends ordering food? Do you just does it just come out without you even thinking about doing it, or are you just all of a sudden like I'm going to be Dustin Hoffman to this waiter? I think when I was a little younger, I would do it more often, just like running around doing it. Right. But um, but that the show came about because, you know, my friends would would be like, you know, we'd be at the uh, you know the improv or somewhere, and they'd just start talking to me as as the uh, you know I would be the impression. He they'd just start talking, interviewing me. That's what the show originally was was, you know, um, me being interviewed by a guest. Right. And at the end, it switched. So I've been practicing like a long time, just 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 coming up with things to say, you know, in that person's voice, and and certain ones I I am better at than others. Um, but uh, yeah, that's. Mm -hmm. Do you have a do you have a favorite character or a favorite impression that you do um, that you're like this is. Like when they write my obituary, this is like. Well, I, I have know. ones that drive me more than others. Like Jimmy Fallon, doing Jimmy Fallon is, is a funny, fun one to do. You know, it's the coolest thing in the world. I'm, I can't believe it. You know what I mean? I found a paperclip yesterday. You know, you know what a paperclip is, right? You know, I found a paperclip. Like, oh my God, no way. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? It's the coolest thing in the world. Thank God, you can give me a break. You know what I mean? <laughs> But then, like, uh, then I do Jesse Pinkman, which I think I sound, which is a little harder because, you know, he, he's more reactionary and it's like, right, bitch. <laughs> but like, I don't even think what you said makes any sense. Okay, right, <laughs> bitch. And he's in an agitated state. So doing like a 30-minute interview of just being agitated and trying to can throw a guest off almost. Um but we, I just did the last one we did was with Lauren Francesca and she, uh, she was great. Um, I was trying to figure out how to just be, you know, just a relaxed Jesse Pinkman, but then jump into, I was trying finding finding reasons to jump into being agitated. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it just depends on the, on the impression. Yeah. Sure. Go ahead, John. No, it was coughing. <laughs> what, Jeff, what's your most requested one on, on Cameo? Well, I don't even do those Cameos anymore. I just, uh, I set my price at $1,000 because <laughs> I wanted to avoid doing them. So I just, you know, I just, I don't, they're a tough one because people, they're really critical and mean and they'll be like, that didn't sound like the guy. And it's like, it didn't sound like him at all. Like really like, and they make you do it again. And so I just said, it's a thousand bucks and I haven't gotten one offer and it's just been, <laughs> it's been great. Someone really has to like drunk girl for a thousand bucks and not be able right. to find one at a bar on a Friday night. 
Right, right. <laughs> Have you ever encountered, uh, obviously, you know, uh, working at Mad TV and Saturday Night Live, you had the opportunity uh, to do these characters and impressions. Were you ever asked to kind of like do on the spot? You know, we've, we've talked to Craig Gass before about like how uh, he had to do his Sandler in front of him. Were you ever kind of pulled in and be like, hey, Jeff, do it? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, many times. Um, but that, I just, I've always liked to do that. I mean, that since I was in like elementary, not elementary maybe as much, but like junior high school, you know, they, that's how I made friends. You know, they'd be like, he does, a, he does Mr. Sang, you know, teacher Mr. Sang. Do it, do it for him, do it for him. And then I'd do it for a few people and then I'd become friends with those people. And then, so I was always put on the spot early on with it. And I, I like doing it. I like that challenge of that. How long does it take you to perfect some someone that's like really recognizable? Well, that's a good question because I'm trying to do that right now with Alec Baldwin who was nice enough to be on the show himself. Right. I want to do him as, you know, as a host, you know, for 30 minutes. So, so you want to interview Alec as Alec? Yeah. It's, yeah. No, no, I already did Alec. Alec was on, uh, I did Robert Dunn Jr. with him. Right. Um, but um, no, I want to do Alec, you know, just like I did Willy Wonka, you know, hosting right. the show. Sure. And um, it's weird too, because I'm not doing a lot of stand up, So I'm not even sure. I really don't know if it really sounds like him all the way. Well, what about doing, and, and not not to try, but what about doing a character of Alec Baldwin from like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, or no, like, I don't. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to sustain that though, and I right. kind of like to do like the true, you know, like I think that's good for like like a Willy Wonka or Hannibal Lecter or something, mm -hmm. but but I but I'd rather do you know like Alec Baldwin. My take on Alec Baldwin was Alec Baldwin's podcast. Here's the thing. Right. So I listened to a lot of that. The here's the thing podcast, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and, and, uh, and really great, you know, because they were they were great actors, you know, for, for, for so long, you know, you know, I, I still have to work on that a little bit. But, <laughs> um, but 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 that's a take is is him being really down to earth, real uh, and uh, just, you know, in real life. You know, it's funny. I, I tell you a funny story about someone doing impressions um behind me i was in an airport lounge in new york city um one day and i was just sitting on my computer playing around and i hear this voice behind me and i'm like i recognize that voice who is it and i didn't want to turn around until i figured it out so i i got up walked to go to the bathroom and it was christopher walken right like actually wow. christopher walken so Months go by, I'm sitting in the same airport lounge, right? And I hear this voice again. I'm like, wow, what are the chances that Christopher Walken is sitting behind me again? And I turn around and it was just some guy doing a Christopher Walken voice. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> it was friends. I love those and things. And I'm like, that's pretty friggin' like unbelievable and it was, he wasn't a comedian I asked him, like, do you do impressions? Like, And he's like, no, I just happened to do Christopher Walken really well. That's cool. And I'm yeah, like, you, do people come up to you like at shows when you were, you know, more active out and we were in the pandemic doing stand up and try to run their impressions by you to like, sometimes. You, and, and are they any good? Sometimes. Huh. Does it piss you off? That's the question. No, no. No, I always like to see when I don't see often, you know. 
because a lot of times people do the same ones over and over again and sure. and um and and that's kind of why I don't do certain ones like I don't do Christopher Walken not to be elitist or anything but sure I'm just sort of like I like to kind of find my take on it and if I feel like all the takes are taken you know it's it's not really as fun you know sure there's uh you know you you alluded to it a little bit that you're not doing as much stand up um is I'm there getting back I'm getting back. getting back yeah, is it, was it again. just the pandemic that kind of like uh, said, hey, um, let me just kind of relax a little bit? Yeah, the pandemic, right? Um, being a little bit of weary about traveling and, um, you know, and uh, plus just going full force on the podcast. It's, it's been a year. It's a year today, I think. What is it, October 7th? Yeah. Today. It's been a year. So oh, we've been doing it for a year. Yeah. Um, I just want to do this. I, I kind of want to rely more on the online game, the podcasts, you know, some of the music stuff I like to do, the funny music. It's not that funny, but it's <laughs> it's uh called Ditto Kiddo. It's uh it's like eighties, you know, it's like the pet shop boys kind of right. Oh shit. Um and uh, and just having fun, but but definitely doing stand up gigs, but but mostly trying to like just ha- have the whole ball of wax be mostly the the online online stuff. So speaking of music, I <laughs> I read a quote, and I'm sure you know what I'm going to say. Where you, at least if it's accurate, it says you think that Morrissey and the Smiths are more important in music than the Beatles. <laughs> I probably said that. Yeah, <laughs> to me, you know. So I. I'm not going to disagree with you. I just was curious as to like, are you that like, is that your thing or like Morrissey and the Smiths like yeah. your band? Yeah, my favorite band. Yeah. So how did you get like, where'd you grow up? Bay Area, East Bay. And was that a big band when when you were growing up? That like that was your that that's the band you latched onto. Uh, you know, I liked everything, but it just kind of grew and grew more and more. I liked the Smiths. Right. Um, and Pet Shop Boys. Sure. And uh, The Cure and all that kind of stuff. Right. I liked. So like the, that, that year, that like English stuff. like of the 80s yeah. emo music, yeah, as I like to call basically. it. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I would like to, I always like to do like Morrissey as an impression too. Like, it's very strange, it's very good, it's very weird, you know. So, <laughs> people don't understand, they, they are, they, they don't really understand why or what they're doing, you know. It's very strange, very weird. And then, like, Pet Shop Boys, that was, I was always singing this one lyric. I see, the reason I like to do the music stuff is I would listen to regular music and just come up with my own, my own lyrics. Right. So I was doing, like, Pet Shop Boys, my own lyric. I'd sing it all the time. I was like, I'd go... I'm running on a high. I'm running on a high. Running on a high. You know that. Are you Are you going to go see the Pet Shop Boys? Because they're out. I, I think on tour now. We're with no. Some. I'm going to see Mickey Avalon though. Are you? My birthday, October twenty first. You guys want to get me some? <laughs> Listeners, if you hear that, uh, definitely go uh, send uh, send a Venmo. Just just send straight cash. Sure, straight cash. Um, do you know what's funny is that you say that line and that that quote, which is pretty solid. But like to me, as like a former emo kid, that's not that far off. Like I had so many friends in the scene that were just like always like was like yeah, no music was good music until Morrissey and the Smiths, and I was always like 
blown away by that. But I, I, I kind of understand the rationale behind it uh, moving forward. I mean, it's it's just one of those songs. And if you really think that music's supposed to, you're supposed to feel something. I mean, just look at any of their albums. Like, I don't know. I think there was one time that I actually listened to a Morrissey song in the car and I just started crying. <laughs> to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, you were it's, going through something at the time, though, too, right? I was. I was. Yeah. I was. It wasn't just like randomly, like, ah, I got my coffee and I'm just fucking right. balling. Something like, triggered it. No, they, yeah. they, they really trigger moods and I never get tired of their music. And I love the, the lyrics are so like funny and like, you know, uh, I can't think of any other big words. That's not a big <laughs> word, but I was going to say esoteric. I don't even know what that word means. But, <laughs> But they're, uh, it's just great. I just love, love, love those guys. Did, um, did, did it like, I remember back at some point in maybe the late nineties, uh, how soon is now started going around as like a club hit, like in like mm-hmm. clubs and stuff. Did that like bother you as a Smith's Morrissey fan? Cause I, no, I, I think it's cool when, when, you know, and I love when, when Morrissey does covers too, you yeah. know, like, when Morrissey yeah. covers the Smiths. I mean, right, exactly, right. <laughs> what about like Depeche Mode? Yeah, yeah. Because I, 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 I put saw them once together in 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 that. Like when John mentioned that about you know people like really and like stuff looking up to those guys. I I I mean I know so many people that I went to high school with that were you know big fans of all of that. You know, especially the Smiths. But you know, look at like Dave Gahan is like God. Yeah. You know, and yeah. people definitely look at Marcy like that too, right? So yeah. I I don't. I don't know where that next line actually is. Maybe it's like Kurt Cobain with, you know, the people. The Cure. That, I'd say The Cure. Yeah, Robert Smith, right. I mean, so prolific. Sure. I mean, it's the, it's just song after song after song. It's, yeah. Should I mean, Robert Smith take the makeup off now and just go, go at it uh, clean? I think that would scare the shit out of everyone. <laughs> I mean, wait a second. Did anybody see Marilyn Manson's new picture out there? I don't yeah, think I saw real. that. Is that real? It's not real. Yeah, it's, it's not. not real. Oh, okay. No. Uh, Probably isn't yeah. real. No, did I just no. got fucking deep faked. <laughs> yes, you did. I no, saw the, the picture, like it, the like the real picture from that thing. They they put it, you know, next to it, and it it's look wow. unless it's that's fake. But I think that's totally fake. That photo. Yeah, it's probably a deep fake. But it's awesome. It's awesome. Like, just to think that that's Marilyn Manson. <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty goddamn awesome. Oh, man, that guy from freaking... Uh, yeah, I, I lost the joke, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> I think I think you're in better shape than that with certain drugs, right? So so I don't think he would balloon off of uh, whatever he does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not I mean, that he does. I don't know what he does, but... Uh, I think he's a pretty imagine. avid absinthe drinker, from what I hear. Is that right? Yeah, like why would you drink that? I don't. I mean, I don't know. I but I I read something, and I think he might even have his own like like real absence, and like the stuff you can't even get with the, the wormwood and everything like, in it. Yeah, like the, the he sells underground absence. Yeah, he must. <laughs> you got to get it in like a a tunnel somewhere in Hollywood. Well, it's it's well, absinthe is like I mean, obviously there's 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 variations, but I think the big thing because there was a period where I mean, I wasn't drinking it every time, but I would order it if I saw it on a menu because it's the production. It's like tableside guacamole. You know what I mean? Right. They're burning the ice cube, you know what I mean, and caramelizing it and it's right. a small drip into a water like it right. looks like science. It's it's super cool, do you know what I mean? But yeah. You know, it's funny is that I I I saw that um 
uh, Van Gogh immersion experience last night, and they talked about his absence use, and apparently, like, that's what caused him to fucking go crazy and cut off his ear and well, shit. Well, it's supposed like, to make you hallucinate, like, real absence, like LSD hallucin like hallucinations. Hmm. I don't think, I mean, like, I, I just, I like the production value behind it. That's really <laughs> what it came down to. I mean, I'd pay $125 for some back room for some freaking, you know, kid to put a Bunsen burner on the table and, you know, charge charge whatever you want for it at that point. Um, but back to back, Jeff, um, I have a question, like, and, and it's something that you kind of said, you know, kind of just rolling into it is the idea that you've kind of, you, you've had some great, you've had great success in your career and you're kind of at the point now where you know what you want to do. And, you know, like by saying no to stand up, I mean, you know, and, and not doing as much and focusing on that. Is that something that, you know, charging a thousand dollars on Cameo, um, is that something that where you kind of like have the availability to be say to, say to yourself, no, no, listen, I, what I did with Cameo was instead of just deleting my account, I put a thousand dollars as a joke. Right. So it's not like I'm asked for a thousand. The people say, how dare you charge a thousand more than whoever, like uh, Michael Jackson or whoever, you know, right. like, but it's like, that's just my way of, instead of, you know, deactivating it, instead of charging $50 and stuff, but. God, but I, I thought it was more of a way that you're boxing out things that, you know, like, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, I'm boxing know, like, them out. I mean, I really am super focused on this podcast and, um, and I, I'm, uh, you know, starting a Patreon on uh, November 1st. Nice. And, you know, basically. You know, I'll do. I want to do stand up, but there's not as much out there. I mean, you know, with, with what happened and with yeah. what's going on, it's there's not as much, and it's you know, I, instead of chasing that, I do some online stuff like the online stand, like the uh, like some of these corporate things sometimes. Sure, but really, what I do, it's it's stand up. What I, I do stand up, but it's really just like little chunks of impressions. Right, mm -hmm. not jokes. It's more of a presentation. So can you walk us back to when you were on a uh, cast with uh, any of the, the sketch shows? What was that process like? Did they did they find you from stand up or were they watching or did they follow your sketch group? And they kind of like were like, oh, yeah, we want him to audition. Uh, no, I, I, I did Mad TV first and I, I got recommended by the improv and Joel Zadak. And, you know, I was just doing impressions at the time and doing stand up and someone's like, you should audition for Mad TV. And I did the stand-up set and I went through a long audition process uh, that took a few months. Um, and I finally got that. And then it was like one of those things where you you try so hard to win over a girl. By the time you do, it it doesn't even work out. So it's like that worked out good in that, in that sense because then the next year I got to go on uh, SNL. But, the, the, but that came from having good management and, and just being, being able to be walked into an audition there. Oh, that's so, so much of it is, is your management. Uh, right. You know. That must've been, I mean, there's only been right. You and one other guy that that's gone from a sketch show that crossed over to Saturday night yeah. live. Right. So I imagine like when you like walk into that interview, there must be some, like level of weirdness somewhere either with you or with them who's auditioning you like no they didn't know like uh, apparently like lauren wasn't told that i was on 
that had been on Mad TV. Really? That Marcy Klein uh, right. kept that quiet until after I auditioned. Right. So, that, I mean, that's obviously, a, I would imagine, a, a real big compliment because she thought, you know, she didn't want him to be turned off to yeah. talent um, to, you know, be auditioned for the show. And ultimately it worked out. So, I, right? Because you would think that if she would have been like, oh, yeah, this guy's on, on Mad TV, he'd be like, well, I don't. I don't want to see him. <laughs> it probably wouldn't have. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have seen me, I, I would think. Yeah. What do you do for that audition? I think you did like nine impressions wow. in five minutes. Wow. One after the other. It, um, I had Drunk Girl in my pocket if I if they asked for more stuff. I was thinking they were going to ask for more stuff. Um, and... I didn't do it and uh, just fired through all those impressions. And then when I got off stage, I started walking out and Lauren stopped me and shook my hand and said, good job. Oh, that's wow. It. So I thought, well, that's even if it's just that <laughs> for the rest of my life, like that's good. That's pretty good. You know, I just didn't want to like choke in the audition. I didn't want to like get too nervous or like get too ahead of myself. Right. How long did it take you to find out you were hired until from that time you got until the time you auditioned? Well, then, then like that was like, I think it was on a Friday and then I flew to uh, San Diego to do the comedy store in La Jolla. And it was the next day they said, uh, yeah, uh, I was in a car full of people. They just picked me up at the airport <laughs> and they said, uh, my managers called me and they said, well, don't, uh, they said, uh, he goes, are you sitting? Are you there? And I go, yeah. And they go, you got it. And I go, I got it. And then the, the, all the people in the car started cheering for me. And then they go, but you can't tell anybody. <laughs> I was like, well, these guys know. <laughs> and, uh, but, the, but it wasn't really a hundred percent because I still met Lauren. You know, I still had to go back to New York and meet Lauren. Right. And I didn't know if I got it when I was meeting with him, you know, and I'm trying to find out as he's talking to me. He's like, you know, so where are you from? What do your parents do? He's asking me his questions. Right. I love I'm how like, everybody has a Lauren impression, by the way. <laughs> so um, do you, you play sports? And I'm just like, what is, do I get it or not get it? You know, <laughs> you, know so you, you like lacrosse? And then, and then, and then he was like, and so I thought I'd ask a question just to see if I could figure out right. if I got it. So I was like, am I going to get a computer? I said, <laughs> and he goes, yes, you'll get a computer. And I went, okay, that probably means I got it. <laughs> and then when did you find out that you and got it? And then I walked out of the office and said to Marcy Clint, she goes, how'd it go? And I go, I don't know how, when I go, I couldn't tell. And then he goes, she went back in there and came back out and then told me I got it. And then I'm like, and then I, for some reason, I thought I'd just tell her that uh, Dana Carvey was my uncle. <laughs> I was just like so nervous and like out of my mind. I'm like, Dana Carvey's my uncle, you know? And she's like, really? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I'm just like, and then they gave me a bottle of champagne and I, I just got drunk in my hotel room and it was... That went. You know, uh, I, I got to ask this, um, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Dean Edwards, who is uh, a friend of the club, and he reposted something of you guys on uh, September, uh, around September 11th and that first show back. Can you tell me a little bit about that? 
uh, how it was doing that? Yeah, I mean, let's 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 talk about. Uh, and I don't want to get too much to this because I'm sure you get a lot of questions. But what was the writers' room September twelfth or thirteenth when you guys went back in? I mean, I just remember being told like, you know, we need to be like silly and and not, you know, political. We need to be like, you know old school comedy the stuff like laurel and hardy kind of like slapstick maybe or you know um and you know in so many words kind of play it play it safe for a second you know um and you know i i was um i was lucky that i did impressions because i would just read the impressions at at, at the update you know like a table read i'd do an update read as you know whoever and then and then even if i didn't get on update at least they could see i did that impression so i was doing the impressions and and then i got to do drunk girl like a few shows in and uh yeah but i just remember it being very just tense because then there was the anthrax thing in the building that really scared everybody right um and I just thought it was just crazy. I thought it was just just insane. Because um, the day we were supposed, 9-11 was the day we were supposed to read the commercial parodies sketches. Right. right. So we were going to, the whole cast going to meet each other. I mean, they didn't know each other. Everyone's going to meet up. And that was the day, that was 9-11. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Where were you living at the time? I was Upper West Side. Uh, I got like a one bedroom rental thing. Um, it's 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 always it's always interesting to hear the stories, you know, kind of behind the scenes. I talked to Dean a couple of times about you know the experiences. Not only that, every other comic that was kind of in New York City at that time, um, and how everyone shifted a little bit, and. Um, did you uh, did you think that was there was there was there a, was there any idea that was almost uh, that was cut because it was maybe too soon that I remember doing something uh, I did a Burt Bacharach uh, update piece right and it was about like people on on the tarmac and it was like joking around but it was kind of like wasn't about death so much but it was like an iraq tarmac kind of thing and uh that went we we did it on the air and stuff but they never re-ran that for the huh. for reasons because a little later something you know happened or like sure. with um i don't know if like the update of like the uh what's his name the crocodile guy oh wow Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin right. yeah. But he died after I did him too. I don't know if that aired. Oh, There's just really? certain things that don't go back, you know, when, when they air it again. Right. You know, but, but uh, yeah, there were lots of things that were too, whatever, but I think it's good. It's good to, to, you know, for those update or for the, um, the table reads to do, to go too far, just to know what that feels like and how, how it affects people that are listening to it. And, you know, as opposed to keep doing just safe in the line, in this umbrella, you know, because um, because it's like it's comedy. I mean, sure. people forget that we're just doing comedy. Right. But it's taken so literal. 
were there like um, any impressions or, or, or bits that you really felt like really strongly about that you were dying to do that they just said, no, we're not going to, you know, we don't want you to do that person. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are, I can't really think of any, but, um, no, I, I really can't, I, not really. I mean, I went through, I think I did something, 20 something impressions. Um, some of them they asked me to do or right. try to learn. Sure. And, uh, Bill O'Reilly was one of those. Right. <laughs> that was a, a real man. fun one written yeah. by Jim Downey. That was a cool one to do. And uh, caution, you're about to enter no spin zone. In fact, it begins in 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, and uh, our, yeah, but yeah, I, I was pretty lucky to get to do a few things. So it was good. Right. Did, Can, did you ever have to do one that you didn't want to do that, that they were like, you're going to do this one? Uh, or one you didn't think you did well enough to do on TV? I had to do like a... Uh, an Iraqi accent is that wow. and I just I was like I just feel like I'm doing like a guy from like upstate New York like I, I couldn't get it like I I'm just like blah, blah, blah. I couldn't do it <laughs> I couldn't do it and uh but I did it enough but I, I didn't feel like I did it right. got it well. I'm gonna I'm gonna close out on the on, on the SNL stuff and the sketch stuff I gotta ask as a former cast member are you still watching show uh, I, I do see it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't always make a point to watch it, but I see clips and yeah. The, the, the special ones. And the only reason I, I bring it up is because the premiere was, uh, last Saturday. Um, and one of the breakouts, uh, was James Austin Johnson, who was in almost every single sketch. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to see him yet. Did you? He's yeah. A new Biden. Uh, that great. guy. Yeah unbelievable like yeah he's awesome crazy how good he was doing um in there and it was it was pretty exciting to see somebody that's going to be that that this is an auxiliary player like that and somebody that like i kind of jeff when i when i watch your stuff i always felt was like the auxiliary that could do anything you know what i mean you could do somebody that's topical you could do a character um and i i noticed that there's not a lot of those anymore kind of in the cast that can really yeah be an all-in-one tool uh, for for a sketch show like that, um, is there anybody else that kind of pops your mind that you're like uh, on, on the cast uh, um, specifically that you're like I, I really like what they're doing? Yeah, I mean uh, he's not there now, but Jay Farrow was like, I, I mean that guy's amazing. Um, uh, who else? Uh, you know the women are so strong. You know I, I don't know I, I don't know what it I don't know if it's like. See, it's like sometimes you don't see the full dimension of someone on that show because they got to get through the table read. They got to get through the, you know, the, you know, uh, the, 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 the dress show. You have to, you know, it's like it has to get, it, first off, it has to get to the, you know, so it's like, it's it just, it has to go through so many, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, steps to get there. So I don't, I don't know if it's like they can't do it or they just, you don't see that they can do it. Right. So I, I just, the last thing I want to ask you about SNL is, is the drunk girl character, right? Like that was such a strong character for a while. Like how did you have to like pitch that or did the, the first time you went in and been like, I have this character drunk girl, you, you do it. They're like, that's in. 
like was it something you had to sell or was it known for yeah i did I, I did kind of sell it uh, what happened was uh i said i do this drunk girl character i want to you know play a drunk girl and i want to do you know maybe an update or something and i remember one of the producers was like well why don't you go out there as yourself and talk about this drunk girl and i thought oh let me i just want to be the girl you know let me you know be the girl and so i tried to i convinced like tina Faye that you know i'd like to do this as a you know drunk girl and she's like okay well, let's put you in makeup uh for one of the sketches where you're just standing in the um in the stands it was a david wells sketch right and they just want to see what I look like and make it. They don't, they didn't want to like, I think that their thing is they didn't want it to do it. If I just looked like a guy in drag, right. You know, but I do have a, 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 a pretty face and I mean, clearly, what, clearly. Yeah, I mean, got good angles to it. Really? Thank you very much. Thank you. Let me see your hands. Um, so, but uh, let me see your hands. So, uh, so basically that happened and then they just said, yeah, go ahead and do it. And then I did it. And it was, uh, that was good. And it ran for how many, how, that ran for how many different times did you do that sketch? I did about 10 of them. Yeah. It's so good. Thank you. Everyone means something like I, it takes me immediately back to frat parties and college bars. <laughs> You know like, how, yeah. much, how much fun uh, Greg's having because he was sitting down watching NBC at 1130. He had a real <laughs> yeah, good frat yeah. party, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so, John, you want to you want to bring this on home with our usual? I would love to, Jeff. Um, obviously, we've talked a bunch, but I mean, uh, there's one thing that we always love ending the podcast with. And that's a question of what was the best thing that you ate this week? This week, um, this week. Well, it's early in the week. It's Thursday. It is Thursday. You're right. <laughs> I, you know, when you go, what is it, Monday? And they go, no, it's Thursday. It's like, oh, okay, I'm a little off. <laughs> I'm four days off. Um, I can't. I've been trying to eat good, so nothing really, honestly. Like I had really? some eggs, egg whites, and avocado. Uh, is there like you're not you're not touring as much anymore? Is there a place that you miss on the road uh, for good food? Can't say New York. No, not even lied. Well, <laughs> I, I did used to like the Madhouse in uh, San Diego. They had a full restaurant. I think they still do it, but they they don't go like with headliners anymore. They don't have like you know bigger headliners or whatever during it's the week, showcase over weekends. There. It's more of a showcase, but they have awesome food. And then comedy on the Carlson. Is, is really good too, actually. In uh, Rochester, Rochester, yeah. So I think that's a road trip for. Oh, us. and you know another one is, uh, um, they have great food in uh, Arkansas. Uh, is it Arkansas? Um, when you say it, good I food, remember. I don't think Arkansas. First of all, is it <laughs> like Arkansas or Alabama? One of the two. They have, like barbecue. They have oh, Arkansas menu. has killer it's, barbecue. Arkansas it, has some of the best barbecue around, like you could find. Yeah, like it's roadside it's, barbecue, like a place. It's a, a oh, gossip. it's called the Grove. The Grove. Wait, where in Arkansas? Do you know? I think where? it's Lowell or something. I don't know that one. Jeff's actually just talking about the Grove in L.A. He's like, I, I love that place. I love the Grove. They have uh, <laughs> they candy and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Nordstrom's the Cheesecake you know, Factory has outdoor seating. Factory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Hey, well, this well, was, this was really this was awesome, Jeff. Really dude, appreciate. That was, it. We've been trying to get you on for a long time. I'm so glad we finally got you. Thank uh, you. So, uh, listen, uh, Patreon comes out November 1st, correct? Yep. And a happy one-year anniversary on the podcast, man. Yeah, and you can go to uh, thejeffrichardsshow.com and uh, and listen to it, watch it on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, you really got to watch it. You got to watch it because it's it's a different experience than just listening to it. You gotta hey, and a happy early birthday to you as yes, well. Happy, Thank you, happy sir. Birthday. Thank you very much. All right, Jeff. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Have a good rest. All right, of guys. Day. We'll see you, man. Brother. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.